Hey, thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. Victory Church, we're excited that, that you're here today. Those of you watching online, thanks for joining us. We know we have people watching from home that are still out sick or traveling, and, and, and some that just call this their church home. And so we, we thank you for joining us today. Edmund Campus, love you guys so much. Thanks for letting me be a part of your uh, service today. Uh, if, you, if you go ahead and start turning in your Bibles, I'm going to give you the verse. You can start flipping, and then I'm going to give you a couple announcements. So we're going to go to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers 22 is where I'm going to land. Uh, Before I jump in, I just want to quickly say, hey, if you missed Pastor Wade's sermon last week, you need to go back and watch it. You need to go back and listen to it. I told Pastor Wade that I think it's probably the best sermon he's ever preached. And so um, uh, no pressure on the next one, Wade. But uh, (laughs) I really encourage you to go back and and listen to his message. It was was a really, really healing, really vulnerable, really amazing message that he communicated. And then uh, last but not least, tonight, 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 tonight is worship night at 530 here at the OKC campus, and you gotta be here. Like, you need to be here tonight at 5.30. One, we're gonna have free food, just tons of, of free food, okay, junk food. We're coming off your fast. We're gonna have some, some really good food and some healthy stuff too. So be here tonight at 5.30, OKC and Edmond and Iglesia. All of our campuses are coming together corporately right here tonight in worship. We're doing baptisms, and so if you haven't been baptized, you need to get baptized, be here for that. We're excited about what God's gonna do. And I know, fellas, I know, I know. There's a game on tonight. I know. So what you can do is you can stream it live on your phone and you can have one hand in worship. God's not mad. He's, he'd be like, so, so don't let a game keep you from coming to worship, all right? Bring your kids for you kids, we'll have, we'll have child care for young, young ones. But I encourage you to bring your, your, you know, elementary age, junior high, high school. Bring them in here. You know what? Your kids need to see you worship. They need to see you modeling this and making it a priority over a football game or over anything else. Starts at 530. We'll be out of here in time for a school night, okay? So, so don't uh, miss out on tonight. So Numbers chapter 22, okay? Let me set this up before I jump into this. We're in this series, this season series called On Bended Knee. Um, this particular passage of scripture, I'm gonna read a story to you that's a really fun one. Uh, it's a great story in the Bible. Maybe you've heard it. It's about Balaam and Balaam's talking donkey. Have you ever heard this story in the Bible about this donkey? Yeah, something like that, about what that baby did right there. Some baby just yelled out. I was like, yeah, right there, just like that. Um, this, this is a, such a cool story, but, but in this story are some really cool principles that I, that I wanna show you. So let me set this story up. Before this donkey starts yapping its gums, um, what's happening here is Balaam is kind of a, a local spiritual authority, like a seer, almost like a prophet. And Balak, the, the, the king of Moab over the Moabites, the children of Israel are about to cross over into the promised land. They just destroyed the king of Sihon. They just destroyed the king of Og, the Amorites. They, they routed the Amorites. And the, the, the Moabites are starting to get afraid. And so the, the, their leader, Balak, goes and sends his people to Balaam 
and tells Balaam, I need you to curse the Israelites because I'm afraid of them and I don't want them to destroy us. And so you're a spiritual authority. So can you go and just curse the Israelites for us? Balaam hears from God and God says, don't you dare curse my chosen people. And so this is kind of what's happening. This sets up the scene that I'm about to go to. So Balaam sends another group and says, hey, just bring Balaam to me. And so Balaam gets on his donkey that he doesn't know can talk, by the way. And he hops on this donkey and he starts going on this journey. And this is where we're gonna pick up in verse 21. Verse 21 says, Balaam got up in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. And Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off of the road into the field and Balaam beat it, <laughs> Balaam beat it to get back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyard with walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under Balaam. And he saw, and he was angry and beat it with his staff. So he beat this donkey three times. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to, to make you beat me these three times? And Balaam answered the donkey, you have made me a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. And this part of the story, like, I don't know what's crazier. I don't know if it's crazy that the donkey's talking to him or if Balaam's talking back to him like it's no big deal. <laughs> Balaam's like, yeah, my donkey's talking to me. No big deal, I'm just gonna talk back to him. And so they're having this conversation, verse 30. The donkey said to Balaam, am I not your own donkey, which you have also always ridden to this day? And have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. <laughs> No, Mr. Donkey, you're a great, you're a nice donkey. You've never been in the habit of doing that. Like these, and, and this donkey is putting Balaam in his place. Who's winning this argument so far? The donkey, the donkey. Verse 31, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. Here we go. So he bowed low and fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you. Watch these words. Because your path is a reckless one before me. And the donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. And if it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now. But I would have spared the donkey. I would have spared the animal. I would have spared the thing that you thought was stupid. I would have spared that and destroyed you. And so I want to bring you a message that the Lord spoke so clearly to me at the turn of the year that was a convicting word to me, and I believe it'll be so to you as well. And the title of my message is simply this, don't kick what's carrying you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment that we get to gather, God, we pray against distraction in this room. I pray against any attack of the enemy that would wanna to come to, side, to, to create sideways energy or, or sideways focus. 
And we, we, we draw ourselves into the only thing that can sustain, the only thing that can change, the only thing that can transform. It's your word. It's the word of God. And so as we unpack this, Lord, help, help my lips not hold back the word that needs to be delivered to this room. And may the seed of this word penetrate our, our, the, the, the stony walls of our hearts and get deep inside of us and take root in fertile soil. And may it produce a crop, God, in our lives, 30, 60, 100-fold. We give you our attention. We give you our focus today in Jesus' name. Amen. I would pray for the Cowboys, but that's too late for that. <laughs> so let me just start by asking you a simple question. What, what kind of journey are you on? Um, what kind of destination are you trying to, to arrive at? Maybe, and whatever kind of thought came in your head first is the one that I'm talking about. Whether it was your marriage or maybe it was a business adventure, maybe it was a career, maybe you're trying to climb the corporate ladder, maybe you're just trying to raise kids. <laughs> that's, that's a big enough task as it is. So there's some journey that we're on and many times when we get very passionate about reaching a certain destination, we as humans just begin to figure out and formulate what that journey looks like. And we get a picture in our head, whether it's a plan or a vision or an idea, and we think that our destination is important, but we also become very honed in to the journey to get to our destination. And this is the situation that Balaam is in. Balaam knows the destination that he's set out for, and Balaam knows this area. He's, he's, he's grown up in this area. So he knows the best path. And he's riding on an animal that from his perspective, he's the superior being, he is the human, he is the uh, smartest one in this duo. And so when, when the seemingly stupid carrier begins to take him off path, his only instinct is to beat it, it's to kick it, to, to try to make this stupid creature understand the right journey and the right path. And so what do we do when the thing that's carrying us doesn't carry us the way that we want to be carried. And this could be your current employer. This could be a, a current government structure. It could be a, a, a current pastor. It could be a current spouse. It could be your kids. Again, whatever your journey is, whatever it is that you're struggling with, I want you to just kind of take a minute and identify some of these things in your life and what is carrying you. And you see it as a carrier. Yeah, I don't really like this donkey. I wish I had a Ferrari, but I've got a destination in mind and this donkey will have to do. But this donkey doesn't know the right path. And so I need to correct this donkey and I gotta make sure this donkey understands that I'm the authority here and I'm getting us to a certain place. And I wanna show you how the Lord comes to disrupt this. In, in, in scriptures, many times the donkeys are, are used as what the scriptures many times refer to or theologians refer to as a beast of burden that they're a beast, meaning they're just, they're not that smart, they're a beast, and they have one purpose, to carry stuff, you know? And so this donkey is identified as this beast of, of burden, a seemingly stupid beast, you know? Something that's just there to do a job, to, to do what I want it to do. And what I wanna show you is three different times Balaam kicks this donkey. Three different times Balaam beats this donkey, but every one of the three times, the donkey does something different, and he beats it. And I think if we'll look close enough at the story, we'll find that many times the things that is carrying us, our tendency and our temptation is to kick it, to beat it, 
to fall it back in line with what we wanted to do. The first one I want to show you is in verse 24. Verse 24 says, then the angel of the Lord, I'm sorry, verse 22, verse 23. Here we go. Verse 23. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, here's what the donkey did. It turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get it back on the road. So point number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Don't kick what carries you when detours happen. So what's happening is there's a path. Everyone sees the path. Everyone knows the path. But this donkey sees something that Balaam doesn't see. So the donkey veers off the path because the donkey likes to survive and he sees a sword. So he veers off the path and he goes into an open field. And Balaam knows this area. He knows this path. He knows this journey. And so he beat this thing to get it back on track. And sometimes there's things in our life that just feel like it's gotten off track. You know, it worked for us last time. I've been down this journey before. I raised my first kid and we did it like this. And the second kid came along and I assumed that it would be the same. Or I've worked for employers before and it worked for me the first time, but now I got this new job and this new boss and it just doesn't seem to be working. And it feels like we've gone off path. It, my, my five-year financial plan turned into a 10-year financial plan. <laughs> something, something has gotten awry. Something that I had planned is gotten off path and I don't know how to process and I don't know how to get this going. And it's, it's really, it's the story that you see with the Israelites. Israelites got off the path that they thought. Time and time again, we, we did a sermon series on this a couple years ago, if you remember, called My Way or the Highway. And we talked about how the Israelites came out of Egypt and it says that they wanted to go the coastal highway, which have took, taken them right up the west side of Israel along the Mediterranean Sea. But it says, but God knew that they weren't ready for battle, so he took them in a roundabout way. He took them off the beaten path because God knew something that they didn't know. What they didn't know is that where the, that's where the Philistines were, all up along through there. And time and time again, they go up, they go, then they want to go up the Patriarch's Highway, which is just west of the Dead Sea. And they want to go up through there, and they send the spies up through. That's where they sent the spies up through there to look through there. And they came back with a bad report, so they missed that journey. Now, now they're going to go all the way around. They go over to the Edomites, and they want to come past through the Edomites. You can go back and listen to the sermon series. We talk all about that. They wanted to go up the King's Highway, which was the most famous path. It's where all the trade was, all the spices, all the balms, all, everything that was traded was on the king's highway. But God blocked them from going that way. And then they had to go all the way around the bottom of the mountainous area, all the way up to the right. And God said, now I found your path. It's the desert highway. The one that nobody wanted to go down. It was the most dangerous. It's where the snakes were. It's where the lions were. There were lions in those days. And it was the most dangerous route. But God took them on a path, Right? But our tendency is the same as the Israelites. When it doesn't go the way that we thought it was going to go, the Bible says over and over again that they grumbled and they complained. They grumbled and they complained. When they got thirsty, they grumbled and they complained at Moses. They kicked that donkey. We're thirsty. And time and time again, God would redirect their path in a way that they did not see coming. And, and you, you, you can tell stories like this with your life. Times of your life that just felt like a detour. Um, many of you kind of know my story. I used to just attend this church. Michelle and I, we, we attended here when Corey and Jace were just babies and we were carrying them around in, in, in carriers back when we were doing our bicep workouts. And we would sit over here and we were, I was a greeter. I was in higher education. I was a VP at a university and my trajectory was higher ed. 
That's what I wanted to do. Pastoring wasn't even on my radar. And then all of a sudden, God took my donkey off the path. And that thing just took off. And we went to the right, veered to the right, out into a field somewhere. And all of a sudden, we're pastors. And I'm like, what is happening? I've got degrees out, coming out of my ears for higher education, God. This is not the path. But in reverse, it makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. God wanted me to go into ministry so that I could go into higher education to train the next generation of pastors and leaders. And I needed the ministry arm first so that I could go back into higher ed. It makes sense in reverse. And this is, those, this is, this is the temptation is to kick it. Kick it. Get back on the path that I want you to go on. Watch verse 24. The next, the next beating happens here. It's in verse 24. It says, Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall. Here we go. Crushing Balaam's foot. I beat that donkey too. <laughs> and it says that he beat the donkey again. Point number two, if you're taking notes, don't kick what carries you when crushing happens. Now, this isn't a fun one. We'll skip through this one pretty quick, okay? But there are times of your life where it feels like you're in the vice grips of life. And it just feels painful. It feels like you're going through something that's crushing you. You're at the end of your rope in some area of your life. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's your calling. You just feel like you're at the end of your rope. And you feel like you're going through a, a crushing season. And the temptation is to kick the carrier. Kick the spouse. Yeah, ouch. Don't literally do that, by the way. You could go to jail. <laughs> but our, our temptation is to blame it. And here, here's, I know I keep using this, this, this kind of illustration of kicking the carrier. Let me tell you how this manifests a lot of times. Has nothing to do with your feet. Has everything to do with your mouth. We kick the carrier. We badmouth. We complain. We lay the blame on somebody else and we complain about them because it couldn't be my fault. Now, could it? And we, we kick them. We complain. We complain about the person. We complain about, this is, I don't know if you've ever caught yourself doing this before. Like, I'll pray that God will give me something. And then when I get it, I'm like, it's crushing me. God, take it back away. This, I wanted the job. I wanted the promotion. But oh my gosh, I didn't know that it was going to be this, this crushing. Because life has this tendency to take us through seasons where it feels like it's crushing. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not. We've talked about this from time to time in the church. But in in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's called the place of crushing. And Jesus, that's where Jesus prayed and he sweat drops of blood and he prayed to his father, God, if there's any way that you can take this from me, if there's any way that I could kind of avoid the cross, that'd be great. I'd rather not be crushed. But in the crushing of olives is what the finest olive oils come from. And the, the best of wines come from the crushing of grapes. So God takes us through these seasons and I've, I've heard people say, never, never follow a leader that doesn't have a limp. It means they've been through some stuff. It means they've been crushed before. Notice when Jesus comes back to doubting Thomas and Thomas is doubting. And, and he says, I won't believe it until I can feel the scars and put my hand in his side. Jesus doesn't come to him open wounded. He comes to him with his scars and he shows his scars. This is my crushing. See, I've been crushed too. Uh, Jacob went through a crushing when he wrestled with the angel and the angel reaches down and pops his hip out of socket. He's like, you, you walked in here, but you're limping out. I'm giving you a new name, you know? So there's always this process. He did it to Elijah. 
Elijah, Elijah laid down under a broom bush and prayed that he might die. Like he was crushed. But he wasn't done yet. He was going on to call the prophet Elisha to come. He wasn't done yet. He had to go through a crushing process. And many times God takes us through a similar process. But we shouldn't kick. You know, you know another analogy this is used for? Uh, scripture refers to it as the refiner's fire. That the purest of golds go through the hottest fires. And the purest of silvers go through the hottest fires. And there will be a season. I know it's not fun. And I know I'm not getting amens here. And we'll get to point number three real quick. But there is a season that you're in or have been in or that is soon to come where you will feel like you're being crushed. Amen. Don't kick the carrier. Amen. Don't kick the carrier. Believe that the thing carrying you sees something that you don't see. And we may be going off path. I may be going into a field that I don't understand and we're walking this way, but I can see the path that's over there, God, but I'm just gonna trust you. I'm not gonna kick this stupid donkey. I'm just gonna trust that you're guiding me to the place that you want me to be. The third one is found in verse 26. Verse 26 says, the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, here we go, it lay down under Balaam. And he was angry and he beat it with a staff. Really laid into this thing this time. Point number three, don't kick what carries you when progress stops. So at least before, at least they were moving. You know, I might be getting my foot crushed or maybe wandering out into a field, but at least the scenery is changing. And now all of a sudden this donkey just drops right where he is and the progress drops. And I don't know about you, but I kind of the thing that the God, God works on me the most is traffic. And I don't do well with traffic. I, I just, that's when I need the, whole, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost to come on me. And it's usually Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and Michelle. Because <laughs> I'm like, I like fat, like I like to drive fast, I like to move. And then, you know, we were just, we, we got into a traffic jam just Friday and we're going, I'm not gonna tell you how fast I was going, but we were going down the highway and all of a sudden just screeching halt, not moving, stop, there's a wreck two miles ahead. And I, I like, I, I lose it because I like progress. I wanna see movement. And life can be like this where you felt like for a season, your career was moving. You were like, yeah, I got a promotion and then this happened and then this happened and, and the boss and the boss and then this or your business. You had a season where your business was flourishing and doing well or your marriage or whatever situation. And then all of a sudden it feels like it just comes to a screeching halt. And the temptation is to start kicking something with your mouth usually to complain, to blame, to do something in a way that blames this on somebody else because there, there comes a, portion or a time in our life where it just feels like things have gone dormant. It's like winter. You know, you walk outside today, you'll notice that all the leaves are gone. All the grass is brown. It's a real beautiful time around here. But we all know it doesn't mean they're dead. We, we know they're not dead. They're dormant. There's no progress. There's no movement. But we know in just a short while, we'll start seeing stuff bud. We'll start seeing things grow because we know that it seems dead on the surface, but underneath it's not dead. There's a work happening underneath that we can't see, that the roots are growing deep so that the branches can grow tall. And so there's a work happening even when it feels like progress is not moving. And this is the temptation that, that we must avoid kicking our carrier when we don't see any progress happening. Verse 28, things really start moving. And this is really the heart of this message that I want to lean into. Verse 28 says, Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth 
I want to pause right there. Now think about the symbolism of this, okay? The Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and this is what I would say to us. If, if we're not careful, God will open the mouth of your situation and let your situation start talking back to you. Your situation, your frustration will turn its neck around and have words with you. <laughs> and it's in this moment that Balaam kind of comes off his high horse, so to speak, and he's like, okay, what is happening right now? And the Lord starts this process of getting through to him. It says, the Lord opens the donkey's mouth and it, and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Now watch verse 29. This is, this is rich. This is where the meat is. Balaam answered, you have made a fool of me. Ah, that's the real reason he's been kicking this donkey. It was never about the donkey. It was never about the destination. It was never about any of those things. It was about how people perceived Balaam. He was more concerned about how he was going to appear to his servants and to the, 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 the officials of, of, of the Moabites that this stupid animal that I'm the owner of is making a fool of me. He had, he, it, was, it was an issue with Balaam. He was concerned about his appearance. It was, it was an insecurity in him. He had insecurity. He had, he had what we all have, a little bit of people pleaser. There's a little bit of people pleaser in all of us that wants to make sure everyone around us sees us through the filtration system that we want them to see us through. And so think about what's happening with, with this donkey, okay? This seemingly dumb animal, something that I'm higher than, like even, even the picture of it is meaningful. I'm riding up here and you're riding down there. I have the bit in your mouth and I tell you where to go because I'm smarter than you are, okay? It's like, I'm in charge here. I'm, I'm the owner, I'm the, I'm the superior being. And if we analyze our situation close enough, if we're really honest with ourselves, there will be a piece of us that sees ourselves as smarter than our employers. <laughs> you can sit there with your straight face all you want to, but if we, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. if we drill down deep enough, there's a piece of us that think we're smarter than our spouse. Just look straight ahead, y'all. <laughs> no, he's not talking about us. All y'all out there. There's, some, there, there's, something, there's something in this situation that we see ourselves higher than. And I'll be careful here because I know there's kids in the room, but I want you to know that King James Version refers to a donkey as an ass. I didn't cuss, I'm just, that's the Bible, quoting the Bible. So this picture of this is a stupid donkey and I can't have this donkey directing my life. Now watch, watch what it says, because this is what is about to happen. The donkey is being directed. This is, what I, this is really what I want you guys to, to lean into. In this story and in your life, the donkey is being directed by something that you don't see. But the donkey may see it. Okay, watch this in verse 20, 31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw what the donkey had seen all along. 
he saw the angel of the Lord stand, standing in the road with his sword. Check. There was something he could not see that required his eyes to be opened. Okay, so here's, here's what we all need to learn from this story. We need to have the ability in the middle of our circumstance, when our circumstance starts turning around and talking to us, before we start kicking stuff, we should say, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see what I can't currently see. There's something in the situation in your life, there's something out there that you can't see yet. And so our prayer, our, our request should be that the Lord would open our eyes. And what Balaam was realizing is that uh, that donkey wasn't as stupid as I thought it was. I actually found this, this study that was done in 2013 by, by I didn't even know this, this organization existed, but there's an organization called the Donkey Sanctuary. And they, did, they literally did a medical study and they found that, that donkeys have the same ability in, in learning and adapting and their, their brain power and brain skills that's equal to dogs and dolphins. So it turns out, you know, you know what we refer, you know the words that we use that I mentioned a while ago, the King James Version? We, we all live this assumption that donkeys are stupid, right? In fact, we call other people a dumb donkey. Watch what, they, watch what their, their conclusion was. They, this is from their study. They said comparisons with donkeys are often a means of insulting an individual's intelligence. So if we call you that, we're insulting your intelligence. And the natural instinct of a donkey, which places great emphasis on self-preservation, may mean that it does not do what a person wants it to do. In these circumstances, it is often easier to label the donkey as stupid than to analyze the actuality of the factors involved in the situation. And this is the temptation in all of us. It's easier just to label that as stupid and kick it than it is to say, Lord, open my eyes. What do I not see here? What are, you, what are you trying to do in my life? What are you trying to teach me? And again, we see this happening all through the Israelites' journey. I don't have time to go into to a lot of this, but you see this all the time through the, through the Israelites' journey. They would grumble and complain. We got a journey. We got this promised land that we've been promised, and we know that it's up that way, and we're not heading north. We're heading east, and we've gone off path. Moses... Grumble and complain. And all through the Old Testament, it would say the Lord's anger burned against them. Why? Because they kept kicking what was carrying them. They kept kicking the Lord that they saw part the waters. Moments later, they're complaining to God that he can't provide for them. They were kicking the carrier. First Corinthians, Paul talks about this in, in chapter 10, verse 9. He says, we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by this, the destroying angel. Verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as a warning for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. Now watch, I'll wrap this up. Watch, how, watch his posture, okay? He has his eyes opened up and he now sees what he couldn't see before. And the very next verse, in the end of verse 31, it says, so he bowed low and fell face down. Now imagine if he had started that journey with his eyes opened. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. God, give me the faith to fall first. Because I'm going to bow my knee 
anyway. I can either bow my knee to begin or I'll end up bowing my knee at the end. But Balaam had to bow his knee at the end of this thing. Why? Because his eyes weren't open to see what the Lord was trying to show him. Now, after the bended knee, watch what happens in verse 32. The angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you. He says, but here's why. I'm not just opposing you. I'm not against you because your path is a reckless one before me. Whose path? Your path. My path. God's saying my path isn't a reckless one. It feels reckless because you're going off the path. It feels reckless because you're being crushed from time to time. It feels reckless because sometimes there's no progress happening. But my path isn't a reckless one. Your path is a reckless one. And this isn't, what's cool about this is this is not, we can see this as, oh my gosh. Because the very next verse says, watch the next verse. It says, the donkey saw me and turned away these three times. If it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now. But I would have spared the donkey. We see this as, oh my gosh, this is so mean. No, this is God's grace. This is grace. He's saying, I turned that donkey to save your life. Turns out the thing that you thought was stupid saved your life. Now who's the dumb donkey? You thought that was the dummy. I used that dummy to save your life. I used that boss that you couldn't stand to get you where I wanted you to go. I used that failed relationship to craft your heart the way that I wanted your heart to be so that when you got to the next relationship, you would be firm and steady and strong. He uses pain. He uses detours. He uses crushing. He uses no progress to shape us and to mold us to become all that he wants us to become. Stop kicking the donkey. Just, let's just sit back and say, all right, God, this stupid donkey, let's go. Let's go. I don't know what it is in your life that you feel you're superior to, you're superior than, where, where you think you got it figured out and you think if only that person or that boss or that government or that president or that denomination or that fill in the blank, because we have a tendency to be very controlling, to be very manipulating, because we know everything, don't we? Look at your neighbor and say, you're a know-it-all. Some of you didn't do that. I don't blame you. <laughs> this, this story is illustrating to us that we don't have to kick the donkey. It's, it's not our job. We're just, we're just trusting that the Lord knows something that we don't know. And don't you think that God's a big enough God that even if you're going off path and you're on a detour, that God can get you back on the right path when the timing's right? Don't you think that when the right door of opportunity opens up, that he's a big enough God to herd you through it? You know? I had a, a pastor friend call me not too long ago and say, hey, I'm thinking about preaching and I wanna travel and speak and I wanna preach at conferences and I wanna, I wanna do all that. What, what should I do, John? Should I build a website? Should I create a website with my name on it and promote? And I'm like, 
If God's calling you to do that, don't you think God's big enough to, if God's calling, calling you to stage and he's building a stage for you, don't you think he's a big enough God to kind of guide you up to it too? Like, if you think God has a career path for you and you think God can, wants to use you in, in, in amazing ways far beyond what you're now doing, if you believe he's capable of that, don't you think he's capable of opening the right door at the right time, at the right place to herd you through that door? Stop kicking the donkey and just trust. Just trust that he's gonna get you to that destination when his timing is right. Okay, I'm gonna skip that. I, that, that was my only assignment today, to just come and encourage us all. I will never lead you to a convicting place that God first hasn't led me to. I've been convicted of this. God has, God has convicted me strongly in this area. God is building something for you. He is creating something for you. But you need to get out of the way. You need to give God his job back. Because what we really need to do is say, God, open my eyes. What's in me that's keeping me from going to that destination? For Balaam, it was revealed when he, when he told his donkey, you're making a fool of me. God was trying to get something out of Balaam's heart in this moment. Something he wants to dig out of your heart. There's something holding you back. And it's not your boss. It's not your spouse. It's a work that God wants to do in, in every single one of us. So stop kicking the donkey. All right, and I wanna close by just simply reminding you, God, God kind of reminded me of this as I was wrapping up the sermon in my notes. It's like the Holy Spirit leaned over in my ear at the desk and said, hey, I, there's another guy who rode a donkey too. You know, Jesus rode a donkey in, in, in his triumphal entry, which is bizarre. Like, how triumphal is that, riding on an ass? He rode that donkey into town. And you know, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but the Bible says he could have called 10,000 angels and gotten off that cross anytime he wanted to. He could have redirected that donkey. He could have been like, yep, not today, Jerusalem. Let's go this way. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that crushing. I don't want to do that right now. Jesus walked through the same thing Balaam walked through. He just didn't kick the donkey. He just said, all right, Lord, have your way. Have your way. What do you want to do? How do you want to use me today? And this is, our, our, our lives should model Jesus. Jesus, what do you want to do today? We're going off the path? Cool. Let's go off the path. There must be somebody over here in this field that needs me today. So, so let's all have this heart. Let me, let we stand to your feet with me. I want to pray with you. So, Father, as we stand to our feet, God, we just instantly submit our hearts to you. We submit ourselves to you in this moment. God, even, even now, we're thinking of areas of our life where perhaps we have kicked things that we should not have kicked. We have complained about people that we should not have complained about. We have complained about situations and employers and businesses and spouses and kids that we should not have kicked. We should not have complained about this. God, we're just sitting back, giving you your job back, Lord. We bend our knee, we bend the knee of our hearts to you, Father. We submit to you today. Our hearts are open, our hearts are moldable. 
in this moment. We don't rush this moment. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come in this moment and speak and move and shape and guide. Pastor Cameron, Pastor Wade at Edmund, you guys can take that, take it back and do ministry time there whenever you feel led to do so. I wanna take just a moment and I wanna, I want you, I want everybody to kind of close your eyes and rest in this moment for just, for just a minute. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. What have we been kicking that we should stop kicking? Come on, allow this seed to take root in your heart today. Speak to your children, Lord. Speak to your children today about the destination, but not just the destination, Lord, about the journey. Lead us, God. We take our hands off the reins. Use us, God. Shape us, mold us. Here's what I wanna ask you to do. I want you to ask the Lord in your own way, in your own timing, just begin to say this to yourself right now. Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes so that I can see. God, let this situation turn around and start talking to me. Open my eyes, Lord. What am I not seeing that I need to see? And let the Holy Spirit open your eyes. Let the Holy Spirit reveal something to you in this moment. You are a child of God. You can hear from the Lord. You can hear straight from the Lord. You do not need to hear it from me. The Lord will speak to you. You are a child of God. Lord, tell me, what is it that I need to open my eyes to? What is it that I need to submit to? So Father, we just open our eyes. We open our eyes to you, Lord. We thank you that you're speaking to us. We thank you that maybe it's not happening in this moment, but over the course of the next day and week and month, at little pockets of time, God, just interrupt us. Just smack us upside the head in our cubicle, in our car, in our office, in our den, in our kitchen, in our, in our, in our bedrooms, God. Interrupt us. When we, when we rear our heel back to kick that donkey again, would you stop us and would you convict us of it? We're inviting the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us in these moments. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church/give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.